0: It's now 710 Central Time from the Faith Radio Network. Getting a young person involved in business. And yes, when I say that, I mean for-profit business enterprise. Uh, joining us to talk about the issue, joining us in studio once again, our great friend Bill English, publisher of com. Great to see you. I, I, uh, I feel a little less lonely in the world because this apparently is uh, something that you've thought a lot about, just as I have. So I'm, I'm glad somebody else thinks this is a good idea. Good to see you. <laughs> well, we're one of the two people in the world do <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, it's, uh, you've written some about this, and uh, uh, you write that uh, showing a young person how to start a business can be a way to demonstrate them how to help people out of poverty. Now, when I saw you write this, I'm reminded of the fact that even at my own church, we've got this whole team of people from the church going to Haiti, of all places, later this year on a short-term mission trip, uh, helping people build gardens and farms to lift themselves out of poverty. We think about this as it applies to the third world, Why shouldn't we think about this in terms of how it applies right here at home? Tell us more. Yeah, you know,
1: if poverty is not alleviated uh, mainly through giving or mainly through government action, in my estimation anyways, I think poverty is alleviated by uh, having hundreds or thousands of profitable small businesses where people are creating and generating wealth that gets reinvested in their businesses and in their communities and that kind of thing. In fact, what you'll find is is that usually the most poverty-stricken areas are places where the government is the most extractive of the wealth of the populace, and the government doesn't give back accordingly. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, well, sure. I mean, the the anecdote to poverty, at least it would seem to me, is productivity, and simply taking from one person and giving to another, that's that's not producing anything. That's just redistributing. So... How do we go about this? Connect the dots here for us. We, we want kids to understand that a successful local small business operation is an anecdote to poverty, so therefore you need to get involved. Help us put that together.
1: Well, if you want to earn more money, you have uh, one of two choices. Essentially, you have one of two choices. Uh, you either go out and you get a job or you go out and you start a business. And uh, a lot of young people are having a hard time finding jobs, and so let's figure out how to help them start businesses. Even if the business is only going to produce maybe uh, you know $20,000 a year, that's more than what they're going to get if they sit around just trying to find a job and they're not earning anything.
0: Mm-hmm. One of the uh, benefits, another one of the benefits, I should say, Bill English, that you note in terms of um, reasons why we would want to get kids involved in business and in internships and such. And this is one of these things that hits home with us in some pretty profound ways. It's also kind of abstract, uh, but you say that uh, getting a, a child involved in a business can provide them with dignity and purpose, even when they seem to be a bit aimless in life. That's a real powerful statement. It seems to me people try to get kids involved in sports programs for that very purpose. What what a better way to achieve those things? Get a kid involved in a business that may end up being something they can do for the rest of their life. Tell us more.
1: Yeah, I, you know, I I don't disagree that the sports teach valuable lessons, and that's sure. a mantra that we always hear and we always just take for granted. I think uh, running a business, even a small part-time business, a lawn mowing service or something like that can do all that sports does and more because it teaches you how to produce wealth and how to manage other people and how to manage wealth. And those who lack dignity and purpose in life lack good, meaningful work. Uh, Almost always uh, they lack good, meaningful work. And so it seems to me that uh, giving them ways that they can uh, take their God-given passions and talents and express that through work in a way where they are earning an income, uh, boy, does that provide dignity. You talk to anybody, and I, I know you know this, but uh, you talk to people who are unemployed, after a while it it just tears away at their personhood, at, at the very fabric of who they are because they don't have meaningful work. And so giving them that gift that God gives us is... Uh, Uh, I think, visceral to helping people find dignity and purpose.
0: Hmm. Another benefit uh, to getting young people involved in business is that uh, it can better enable them to fulfill the command given to humankind by God, be fruitful. Uh, Give us a little theological exposition there i mean a lot of us adults need to be more fruitful quite frankly but tell us more about that
1: you know i was wondering if you were going to pick up on that notice i didn't put the multiply piece in there.
0: Uh, yeah we we left the procreation thing uh, we'll, we'll take that up um, in another segment yes
1: um, but the be fruitful part is just that: take what God has given you, those raw talents, those raw abilities, and those those intuitions, refine them, mature them, hone them, and turn those into things that produce fruit for the kingdom. Much like in the Luke 19 sense, where we have the parable of the five, two, and the one talents. Uh, let's return back to God not only what He's given to us, but something more. It seems to me that in a in a very real way, the Luke 19 parable is a fulfillment or a picture of someone who's being fruitful.
0: Very uh, interesting food for thought. Bill English, publisher of BibleAndBusiness.com. Some thoughts on uh, some of the the very scriptural, very godly virtues that are developed and inculcated in anybody, young people included, uh, when they get involved in uh, business ownership and operation. Now, this sounds good. When we come back, let's talk about some of the practical steps uh, that parents and grandparents and uh, even youth pastors can take to uh, make this a reality. Uh, because this is a little counterintuitive. Getting kids involved in a business can be a little counterintuitive for some. Uh, we'll uh, pick Bill English's brain on that one. You didn't know that that was going to happen to you today. Well, in some sense, you're you're always prepared for that, right? Well, something like that, yeah. Something like that. We'll uh, get Bill English to weigh in on this one as we continue. 7:18 Central Time. It's the Faith Radio Network. I'm Austin Hill. Don't go anywhere. It's now 17, uh, 719 Central Time from the Faith Radio Network, and I'm Austin Hill. Breakpoint with Eric Gataxis and John Stone Street on the way. Also, Dr. Cal Beisner weighs in with uh, some thoughts on the environment and the poor among us. We'll get to that at about 735 this morning. Bill English is uh, in the studio with me. He's the publisher of BibleandBusiness.com. And uh, I know you've talked about this before, getting a young person uh, involved in an internship at a local small business i want to juxtapose that with the idea of an apprenticeship coming up here in just a moment but as far as being an intern or an apprentice for that matter um how how old is old enough or how young is too young where do do you start with that
1: yeah i personally i would start around 13 14 maybe for internships if it's Mm -hmm. the right one right timing and all that kind of stuff you have to be aware of child labor laws and that type of thing but Uh, informally, there's a lot that, that young kids can learn, especially if they're working with their father, their mother, an uncle, an aunt, or a trusted person within their church. They can kind of shadow them and be a type of intern and a type of apprentice at the same time. You know, and and I'm sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but an, an, an apprentice is really learning a skill. An internship is really learning more about applying a skill in a particular context or setting. That's how I would differentiate the two.
0: Do you, do you believe that uh, apprenticeships can be appropriate for kids as young as uh, the junior high? Age?
1: Oh, sure, because I don't think college is for everybody. So if uh, if if you if a kid is uh, more uh, oriented towards working with his or her hands or doing other things, apprenticeships and learning skills are a good thing. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, Bill English with com here in studio with us. I, I, my wife and I had an experience with our son, and, and you 've met my son, but back when he was much younger when he was uh, seventh grade, he was uh, a very young seventh grader he was twelve years old, and he took an interest took an, an interest I should say in a particular very niche unique local small business in our area in the downtown part of our city and uh, He wanted to go in and visit and ask questions and whatnot and and um, My wife finally one day when she was in the store with my son, she finally spoke to the owner and said, hey, can I get your business card? I'd like to talk to you. Well, she came home and, and spoke with me about it, and we both went and met with him one day and said, would you take our son on as an intern? And he was very interested and eager to do that. My son's school, we thought we'd try to involve, involve his school in that process. The school uh, right away said, well, you know, listen, if he's not being paid, this is exploitative. We, we can't allow him to be exploited working at the business without being paid. And my response to that was, well, state law prohibits them from being employed at age 13 or 12, Correct. as it were. Correct. So we're caught between a hard place and a rock. Well, we finally we were able to dodge the school. They just saw no value in it at all. I'll tell you, that that internship that lasted about three or four years or so, um, was was nothing but uh, nothing short of transformative for my son. And it was just such a tremendous experience. And you go and ask the owner of that uh, local shop, and he'd say it was a great experience for him. Now, that might be unique. I'm sure these things can go awry. But what would you say to the parent or the pastor right now who is saying, this sounds good, but I have no idea how to get this done?
1: I, well, I think you need to do some planning on it on, on the upfront. Uh, you need to set the criteria of what you're looking for in the in the young person as well as what the business owner is going to need to do. And, look, the business owner can't just use the intern to solve some labor issues. Uh, it seems to me I bet, I bet Graham had that business owner pour himself into Graham uh, as, as part of that internship, and that was probably part of the positive experience, I'm guessing here. But I would suspect that that was the case.
0: Well, my son ended up, when he was of legal age, becoming a part-time employee and getting paid for his labor. But he was taught a whole bunch, quite frankly. My son, I think, clearly was the greater beneficiary, quite frankly. But the business owner was very pleased as well. It was a a win-win for everybody, I guess is what I'm saying.
1: And so I think as long as the the business owner is willing to invest... Something intangible and more back into the intern than uh, than then it really is a two way street and it's not it's not uh, exploitive. Hmm.
0: What do you think is the greatest barrier, Bill English, to getting a a serious conversation, but not just talk, actually proactive action, activity uh, going in our churches when it comes to putting kids in uh, internships in businesses? What's what what's holding us back
1: in the church? I think it's just too out of the box. I really do. Uh, you go to the, I, you know, when, when you and I first talked about this uh, idea, I thought, I don't know of any church that's doing this. And I went online and I found one church in the UK that does this. I can't mm. find any church in the United States that is doing this. I think it's so far out of the box and so far off the radar screen. I think just getting inside the ballpark would be a, a huge accomplishment here.
0: What would you say to the pastor who's listening and saying, you know, this sounds good, but I'm just not even sure what the next step is.
1: Uh, Next step would be to contact your business owners in the church. Ask them if they'd be willing to have a a breakfast over this topic and then see if they would be willing to invest themselves in some type of a program and help, help the pastor develop the program for the young people in the church.
0: Sounds good to me. Bill English, publisher of Bibleandbusiness.com. You can actually find Bill English there and uh, contact him if you have uh, further questions on uh, small business operation and uh, I I guess bridging the gap. as far as I'm concerned, the gap should not be there. I think in our churches, we need to be aware and be supportive of those in our community who own and operate small businesses. But, got any questions? Uh, you're the uh, you're the go-to guy on this one, Bill. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you very much, Austin. Great to see you. Thanks very much, uh, as always, Bill, for jumping in, and it's always a pleasure to talk. Bill English, Bibleandbusiness.com. That's where you'll find him. It's now 725 Central Time. It's the Faith Radio Network. Breakpoint is on the way in seconds. Don't go anywhere.